Welcome back, listeners. This is Cade Curtis, your tour guide for Learning from Friends. Today, I have a very special guest and a very special episode that we're going to do today. Since we have the holiday season coming up, I'm sitting down with my mother and we're talking about Christmas over the years, family traditions, memories, people that have impacted our lives over the years, just general ideas about the holiday season. So to start off, I want to introduce my mother. Hello, I'm Brenda Curtis. I'm Kate's mom. This is a very uh, awesome event just to be able to do this, uh, that she's going to sit down with me. We've talked about several stories over the years that I um, continue to talk about. And I, I, I was like, I need to record this. We need to sit down and have it. And I feel honored that she's willing to sit down and share that with these all the listeners that we have listening right now. So um, go ahead to start off with is describe yourself to these listeners. <laughs> okay. I um, have spent over half of my life teaching second grade in the same school. And I have been lucky to grow up and live in the same community all my life. Um, and tradition and family means a lot to me. Yeah, And how many years did you teach? 38. 38 years. 37, 38, yeah. somewhere and along you there. you taught second grade the entire time. Yeah, my brother-in-law said I wasn't smart enough to leave second grade. Uh, and just something that is fascinating and different than most listeners could think about, school during this time period, you had the same, how many principals did you have over your 38 years? I think I had maybe seven principals. I think it was seven different principals over the 38 years. And then how many times did you move classrooms? Uh, hold it. One two, three, four, five, five, six times, the sixth time I moved, six times over the 38 years. Yeah. And, and, and my family and my children, we did, were the movers. Yeah. We, we were entirely the movers, uh, free child labor, uh, for sure on that. They got pizza afterwards. Yeah. We, we got food, we got fed. Uh, it was kind of a, a kind gift of being able to do that. And you also worked what, less than five miles, 10 miles from home? It took um, less than 10 minutes to get there. Now, and I taught all three of my children. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, you taught me social studies Yeah. Uh, on that. That was arranged so that I could say that I taught you. That's okay. The I'm curious about how did things go during the holiday season at school for you? Uh, it was... Uh, it's always was always a big event, but I think maybe a bigger event when we were we were always a small school, but we grew. And when I first started, there was only first grade through eighth grade, and then we eventually moved to kindergarten through eighth grade, and then we eventually lost seventh and eighth grade. But um, it was it was a big thing, especially the first couple of years, or maybe even ten years that I taught. Um, you know, you spent. There was um, a little bit more freedom in what we could do, and you spent like the from Thanksgiving to Christmas uh, doing all sorts of Christmas things. I remember um, stringing popcorn with my class and putting it on the Christmas tree. Uh, we made ornaments. Um, we did, uh, you know, it, it, there was a lot of. We spent most of the, the afternoons, you know, making Christmas decorations or or um, watching Christmas movies and, and things um, because we we taught and we used those activities to teach the kids, but 
we could, we were at, given more liberty to do our choices and what we felt like was best for the children. So. And that's definitely different from today, a lot more um, on it. Not saying anything against today's, but it's something that a lot of people don't think about those differences between right. Right. less than, uh, you've been retired now for seven years? Eight, no, what was eight years. Eight years. Eight years? Okay. Yeah, this is something I, I I wanted to ask before we dive in a little bit further on on stuff because that's a major part of who you are. Is well, and then an I and then I worked in the daycare after part time after I retired. And as with all people lately, if COVID is affecting everyone differently right. than that, and you had to step back, uh, I didn't have to, but that. I chose to for yeah. you know choices. True, that's right. That was um, my choice. With with that saying that you grew up in the same area, uh, you lived in the same household and then you move next door um, to my grandfather's house yeah, to your grandfather's house on it. What we're going to go down like a, a list here of talking about some different topics. Shall, within... shall I go ahead and say that when I was growing up, up and down the road that I lived on, there were my family, the whole, the, the whole road was cousins, grandparents, aunts, uncles. And if not, that it was people that we went to church with yeah and then now your question time changes like it's it's a continual evolution now you can drive down our highways and seeing all the houses that are kind of being tore down and being changed because they're looking at building expanding out the highway up here uh near where we my parents live at and then also driving down the road here um where they off the road that y'all live on right now it is there's houses being torn down, new neighborhoods being built. Uh, the population in the area has just blown up over the years. And you don't know all the people like you used to. You'd be able just to walk outside and everybody knew everybody's business. I used to like know that. if I was playing outside and I heard a car coming down the road, I didn't have to see the car. It could be half a mile away. And I knew who was fixing to drive by the house by the sound of the car. Yeah, and you could hear it from a long distance away, too. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, just a yeah. simple and, uh, right and, there. And I'm, I'm not saying that to joke. That's the tr way it was. Now, we're going to go through a list kind of of what people think of when they think of Christmas, kind of that range. And it's this is your story, your connections with what you feel like. And I'm excited for it because there's, again, the stories that I've heard. There's portions that I haven't heard before. And it, it gives that insight, too, of, for me, of hearing some of the stuff that she did for, for me, my sister, my brother, and now does for uh, my niece and nephew. So it's, it, this is going to be fun. We're going to get rolling into this now. The first topic that I want to talk about is obviously food. Everybody eats. <laughs> so <laughs> what, what would be kind of a dish or a snack that you associate with Christmas? Well, over the last 15, 20 years, 30 years, whatever, I think for our family, cranberry bread. We, you know, we would, I, nothing fancy. I would make it from a mix, you know, and all, but it, we had to, we, we like cranberry bread. But I think when I was growing up, it was more of fruitcake. And everybody thinks of the fruitcake with the candied fruit in it. And, you know, and that was a big deal when I was growing up to, you know, to buy the candied fruit and put in, and then you had to let them sit and make it ahead of time and let it sit and sort of age and all. And mother made that. But she also made a cake that, as far as we were concerned as a family, we probably liked more. And it was called a Japanese fruitcake. I still have her recipe. 
Now, yeah, I did make that a couple of times throughout the years, but not very often. Um, What's a Japanese okay. fruitcake? It does not have the candied fruit in it, like the candied cherries and the candied pineapple and all of that. It's more of nuts, and I'm trying to think maybe coconut and all in it. Uh, it's more more like a pound cake in a way. It's not a pound cake, but it, 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 in a way it makes you think of it. But the it had a really sweet, icy um, coating over the top of it, and all. And uh, and I always liked that as a little girl. And yes, I I need to get that back out and, and make that again. Uh, but um, I definitely haven't heard of that in a long and, time. And, so I was like, uh, what? <laughs> mother, I have to tell a funny story. Oh, go go for it. This is the mother, whole point. Mother would you know make the 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 two fruit cakes maybe both kinds or maybe just one kind a year but anyway there was one year when my sister moved to North Carolina and all and they would always make sure that they were back for Christmas day they would celebrate Christmas in uh, their home state and then would be here to celebrate Christmas with us usually and so she uh, would make, mother would make sure that she would have the fruit cake and all for them and uh, so uh one year, my brother-in-law knew that she was going to have the, the fruitcake. So he had had, we, my family, teetotalers, we didn't have wine, anything like that in the house. But somebody had given him some wine. And so he had brought it down. And he was going to use that wine to soak the fruitcake. And, we, you know, he was thought that would be neat and all. So he was out riding everybody around in the dune buggy. It was cold weather and all, but we all were you know, uh, clothed up to get warm and all. And he was riding everybody up and down the road back when you could in the dune buggy. And uh, so while he was doing that, some of us, his wife, my sister, um, and I and my mother, we decided to take the little bitty cork out of the side of the uh, wine and we drained the wine out and put it in a separate jar and filled the bottle up with homemade uh, grape juice and and it, so when he came in he got a piece of of uh, uh, fruitcake he he uh, soaked it in what he thought was wine and it was the homemade grape juice and he was just bragging and bragging and bragging about that oh it tasted so good and we were all just standing there just you know covering up our face to try not to laugh in front of it. and then we later on explained to him that we you know he, here it was his wine that he could actually have another piece of uh, fruit cake and soak it in wine but he had had homemade grape juice with the other one anyway it was you know a way to get even with him for all the things that he had done for us yeah, yeah he, he definitely was a, a joker and always have all these i mean amazing stories of throughout the years of things that he's done and always with his practical jokes and stuff my favorite always seeing him whenever he leave goes I'm glad you got to see me. Like it was just always one of those just confidence and just right, funny little right, jokes right. with it. But uh, I, I again, one of those stories that I'm looking forward to hearing more because there's a lot of these stories I, I have no clue about for sure. Now that kind of transitions nicely into one of the next like ideas that I had was, was there any mishaps whenever you were cooking some of these meals or that as you got older, started cooking as well, that was uh, memorable? Um. I can't think of any really. Mother always, we didn't have turkey and all. Uh, and if we had, a, sometimes we would have ham. 
but I grew up on a poultry farm. So we would, for like for Thanksgiving and Christmas and those kind of things, we would have a roasted chicken, a whole roasted chicken. And for many, many years, that chicken had been grown on our farm and all. And uh, she would, uh, you know, go to the trouble. Of, I mean, there was a lot of trouble. Roasted chicken, and then she would make homemade dressing to go with it and all. And she had a very special recipe using cornbread and all this kind of stuff and milk and all. And my one of my nieces found out that, discovered that she was allergic to milk. So that the first year that she found that out, uh, we were all trying to really be careful and watch about, you know, having things that she could eat that wouldn't have milk in it. She was, we were trying to go the whole thing about no milk whatsoever in anything. And um, so, uh, and, and um, the dressing was one of her favorite uh, meal uh, dishes. And mother figured out a way to cook it so that it would not have milk in it. And I'll, it, it was almost just as good, you know, and it was just as satisfying. But um, mother figured out a way to, to do that. I can't think of any, you know, I'm sure there were times that, you know, pushing it and, and, and making sure it didn't get overcooked or undercooked or things like that. But I can't think of any of major disaster disasters, um, you know, with things. That is always just interesting to hear on now you're having to do this with my wife <laughs> on with her dietary restrictions that she has in milk as being one of those that you're having to wear of. So you were kind of, it's like a precursor of continuing it forward. Uh, well, you know, we, you, you learn to, to make do, you know, it's true. Now with the milk, was that from one of your cows or was that from one of your uncle's cows? Uh, well, until I was, eighth grade ninth grade somewhere along there we had our own milk cow and yes we would uh, daddy would milk the cow early in the morning and late in the afternoon and um, I mean I can remember going to the barn with daddy at dark after dark and him milking the cow and we would make our own buttermilk and our own butter mother would churn her own butter and all and um, then yes my uncle's uh, two uncles had a dairy each one of them had a dairy and then our one of my best friend's dad just down the road had another dairy. So there were plenty of dairies. And then another do uh, girl that I was in school with, uh, also her uh, family had a dairy. So there were plenty of dairies around here. Uh, we never really got much milk from my uncles because, number one, we had our own cow. And number two, there were restrictions of that. You know, you couldn't get fresh milk from a dairy. I can remember after I started teaching. Maybe I shouldn't say this. After I started teaching, I was bound and determined that my class was going to know what it was like to make homemade butter. We did this when I was in your class. I remember this. And well, the the the, the first time I did it with my class, I was determined I was going to use fresh milk, not the whipping cream stuff, you know, by the grocery store. And so I talked to one of my aunts and begged and all. And I said, look, I have, I, I want to make butter with my class and I, I have to have fresh milk to do it with. And, you know, and all, and she said, I will give you, you know, enough for you to use to make milk with your class, but you can never tell anybody. So I, I'm not telling you. <laughs> she said, you know, we, we, we can't give you, you know, any milk and all, but uh, 
we did it and my cl- students enjoyed it and they were fine and dandy and healthy. So yeah, I remember we that was to, years ago. <laughs> were, were you doing it still? I know when, whenever I got to do the project, we used the like baby canisters, the like baby food canister, right. canisters. Were you still doing that with uh, whenever you were first doing it? Uh, it uh, I think it was just regular cannon jars that I used back then and all. Uh, yeah. But now if, if the later years that I did it, we used um, uh, the uh, uh, whipping cream half and half, whatever, from the grocery store instead of ca- unpasteurized cow's milk. I know. So. so. And the interesting stuff that you, just don't, I, you don't think about uh, as, as time's going on with a continual project that you started doing with your students, again, 37, 38 years ago when you first started teaching and then how they're able to continue evolving that to towards the end of your career still doing that and right, you get to do right. that with each and every single one of your kids and several cousins right, and right. family members that you right, have over the right. years. But we, when I was growing up, we had a wooden butter mold and when mother made the, the butter, she would take it out of the churn and, and press it into the butter mold and then it had a handle and you pushed it out and it made a round mound with um a wheat picture uh wheat engraved on the top of it engrossed on the top of it oh yeah don't we have that yep still in the, yep i have yeah. i have mothers and my grandmothers uh, stuff that i i love that you've preserved over the years and shared with us and now sharing with um my niece and nephew your grandchildren uh just it's piece of history that are being kind of forgotten at at times and so it's, it's, it's just a, a wonderful, beautiful thing that I feel blessed and honored to get to be a part of that. Now, with carrying on and traditions and stuff, that's something that I would like to know what it was like for you around Christmas time. Did you hang up stockings? Did you all have a fireplace? Did you put them up somewhere else in the house? And what what were they kind of filled with? And was it by, did you know, would you say that it was by Santa or was this one that it would say this was from mom and dad? How, no, how was w- that? It was filled from Santa and no, we didn't have a fireplace. So um, the stockings were, I can't remember exactly. They were laid around the Christmas tree or uh, on the piano bench or something like that. And they were, you know, it was the stockings were stuffed with like nuts and candy and fruit and all nothing really, you know, uh, like some kids might get nowadays in their stockings, you know, it was, you know, it was the uh, more of the, and maybe small pieces of candy and, and stuff. And the nuts were, you know, nuts that you had to crack yourself, you know, uh, it was, you know, tangerine. We thought it was something for, I'll get over a little bit uh, into maybe another part, but when uh, one of the big things was the Christmas program at church and Santa would always come in at the end of the Christmas program. And as he came in, he had helpers that would come in with him. And they would always bring boxes of tangerines, oranges, and apples. And I can remember those tangerines to me were the, that was the neatest thing, you know, because that's what he gave out. And man, you, you always tried to, you know, get in line to get a tangerine or an orange or an apple, you know, from Santa. That's what he gave out. Now, now with Santa, was it usually the same person every year? Was it a, uh, did you know who it was at that point whenever they came in? Or did you know where the fruit came from for for at church? No, I mean, you know, the he had 
it was some of the church men that would follow in with him, you know, carrying the boxes and, and help handing it out. And I'll and and you know, I could not tell you actually who played Santa. I know, you know, that it was probably t- they probably took turns, you know, whoever was would could fit into the suit, you know, uh, would be Santa that year, you know. So now you said the fruit was a very fond thing that you were looking forward to constantly to have um, around that time of year, especially with church on that. What were some fond traditions that you had around the house or had around the community that you also enjoyed taking part in? Well, I can remember eventually we did get where we bought a Christmas tree or we got an artificial tree. But until I was, you know, I don't know, seven, eight or so, maybe nine even, uh, we uh, would walk across the road to the lady that owned the property across the road from us. Uh, it was covered with pine trees, of which now, luckily, our family now owns that property. Uh, but uh, we would walk across the road and pick out a pine tree and cut it down and bring it to the house. And that was our Christmas tree. And all. and uh, then as I got a little bit older, we had holly trees, uh, bushes in the yard, and I would cut out um uh, holly berries and mistletoe and and stuff and decorate the end tables in the house and all. Um, putting up the Christmas tree was always neat. But now you didn't put the Christmas tree up like, you know, in October or November. Uh, you put it up when I was growing up, like just before school was out. You know, you, did, you, you, it, you didn't have it up forever. Uh, you might have it a couple, up a couple of days before school was out, but not a long time and um and you know we would decorate it i can remember a few years of making paper chains and putting on it um uh, but we had uh, we would have we saved the the tinsel uh from year to year as long as we as it would you know look decent and to hang on the christmas tree and use it over and over uh mother and daddy had um some really neat uh i don't think they were glass they were probably um i don't they were breakable, but I don't think say they were glass uh, ornaments uh, that we used for a long, long time until I just got too old and we hung them on the tree. And then we had I um, at one point I was able to uh, we were able to buy uh, some cutouts of uh, Christmas things like like you would think of putting on a bulletin board at school, but uh, it was to put up at home. And every year that was a big thing for me to get those and hang them up on the uh, cornice board over the picture window you know tape them up over the christmas tree and all so what was the star on the top of the tree did y'all make one did you have one uh, that would that y'all used year for year for year uh sometimes we didn't have a star and then then i think we finally uh had a star that we would use over and over um and then eventually mother uh crocheted uh, an angel um that we put on the, on the top of the tree and all. So, and she crocheted, knitted a lot of things yeah, over crocheted. the years, made clothes as well. Like she was so multifaceted, but she had to be in order to help provide for the entire family. Oh, yeah. Sense for, oh, yeah. And that's always, I look forward to every year putting up her ornaments that she made um, over the years for us. And uh, depending have, on the, the bells, we have, have the you snowflakes. Have, you have some crochet bells and snowflakes and such. And then she got where she would do things out of beads. And she and you have some of the beads. I, I, yeah, I do have some of those beads and uh, for that. I, I 
those are very cherishing for me. And like, I always make sure that they go higher up on the tree just to make sure that they, they last longer too. And for me towards the top of the tree is the more like prominent, more important piece. So that's. Well, and then as you, as, as y'all came along, uh, my sister came up with the idea of there was getting to be so many of us in the family uh, that instead of buying Christmas gifts for each other of, you know, what's the best Christmas gift to get? And, you know, what do they not have? We just all would bring a Christmas ornament to our get-together. Thanksgiving get-together. Our Thanksgiving get-together, which was also our Thanksgiving Christmas get-together. And then if you could still get together at Christmas, that was okay. But if you couldn't, you would have been there. And we would all bring it uh, in a, a package wrapped up in a paper bag or something. And we would draw numbers. And everybody went home with a new Christmas ornament. Uh, and all and for my kids for y'all we always tried to remember who was the person that brought the the ornament that you came home with and 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 i think all of all of you had quite a few ornaments to carry to put on your own tree now and i I still all my ornaments i we even labeled the year on a a lot of them some of them Uh, i know we we always labeled to make sure that you got yours and and you're, you know, yeah, we, I had CLC and we had CAC and CKC. So we knew we always had, or just was the middle initial in our right, name. Right, right. So we were able to know that. Right. And, um, that's again, special memories that when did that start of doing the uh, Christmas exchange of, uh, uh of, of ornaments? ornaments? Oh, I don't remember. Probably about when you were about, four four or five years old maybe maybe even three or four years old so okay. it's been a long time ago yeah i always always think about um for sure the different ornaments over the years and we always say tell us a little bit about that ornament whenever you got the number you had to stop you'd hold up your ornament and say and say you had okay, to make who sure gave it wasn't, this to me it wasn't the one that you brought you had to yeah. be somebody somebody else's yeah and they and the and the person that brought it had to tell you, oh, I. Sometimes they we bought them on vacation, so the person would tell, okay, we have some that my brother bought when they went to San Francisco, and they're little tugboats or something like that. And so, and you know, and he told the story about they bought them when the, you know, you know, were in San Francisco, and then we have various ones from, you know, other places that people bought for various reasons or would hand make. Or whatever you know spoiler alert for uh my uh in-laws this year that they are getting a ornament from iceland on a trip that that we did and because of i thought about that uh coming back from a uh the trip i was like oh yeah i need to have that because that's something that tradition that has you passed down from us that we've seen well, and, over the years and then your sister makes sure that she buys a special ornament for each for her, for your niece and nephew, you know, for them to have each year, even though we don't exchange, it's part of their Christmas that they get a new ornament to hang on the tree, and all. Um, and now I'm having to be more selective every year on how many ornaments I get to hang because of my wife has her ornaments, I have my ornaments, and even though it's just the two of us in the household, it. We only have a small tree and to be able to figure out what works works. So they, it becomes a negotiation. It doesn't, it doesn't take long for the ornaments to add up. Yeah, they, they do add up very, very quickly. Now, what was it like for you waking up on Christmas morning? Did you have, when you're on the farm, 
you have you know animals that have to be fed they have to be milking uh the cow in that place for it did you have routines in the morning on christmas before you could be able to say have your breakfast or have um opening up christmas uh stockings and such I, I you know it's I, I don't exactly remember i just remember i'm pretty sure we we would you know get up and open the presents fairly early early you know um at least the santa claus presents and then eat breakfast and i'm sure daddy would get out and milk the cows and whatever there's one christmas that i and and then when my uh, sister lived down the road after we got everything finished at home then we would go over uh, to their house to see their Christmas presents and I'll and um, then um, but there's one Christmas that I truly remember and I was about I don't know seven or eight somewhere along in the year uh, and uh, the power went out during the night we had snow and the power went out and it was really cold and I kept wanting to get up and open you know see what Santa had brought. And um, I was allowed to get up and go get one present, I think, from under the tree, you know, and get back in the bed. And then Daddy and my brother and I spent most of the day at the chicken house. It was before we had the, the power feeders and all of that. But they had to make sure that they had water and all. So they, we had... Um, a little um, a little well just beside the creek uh, but, but excuse me the branch we called it the branch and uh, they would either dip the water out of the well or get or, or dip it out of the, the branch and go and pour it in the waterers for the chickens and they spent most of the day taking care of the chickens and I can remember uh, sitting in the basement because the heater kept the basement warmer than it did upstairs and all and finally i don't know about dark the power came back on and everybody was so excited and so glad and all because you know so that was a day that the farm chores were, were took most of the day to do did you have a common white christmases every so often or i can i can remember uh uh, that was the one that probably I can't tell you how many inches or or ice how much ice or whatever it was a I just know it was enough to keep the to knock the power out uh, for everybody for uh, all day um, and then there was another one that I can another one or two that I can remember a dusting of snow you know but that's the ones that I can remember uh, that one was the the one that I can remember the biggest snow of you know around Christmas time was there games that you would pull out traditionally to kind of play or or do during this time of the year i can't think of anything different than what we you know we would the what we normally did you know of monopoly and rook and barbie the barbie game board uh and that kind of thing i can remember going to my grandparents house and there were so many of us grandkids that uh and and the house was full of grandkids and all and we would play like hide and go seek and run and hide you know she had a uh a closet that opened in one bedroom and led to another bedroom and so you could run around the house go through the hallway through the bedroom through the closet back into another bedroom and around and we do that you know and play hide and go seek and all in the house and all i can remember those there's also I must, can I throw it in here? Oh, throw in, like, go for it. Everything is wide open. 
Can you tell them about Christmas Eve gift? Oh, Christmas Eve gift. This is my favorite because of I'm super competitive about this. <laughs> um, the Christmas Eve, uh, you have to, at midnight, or this is my thing at midnight, um, the first person to say... Oh, at midnight, meaning at 12.01 a.m. on December the 24th. Yeah. On for me, it's twelve o'clock in one second or two <laughs> seconds because I like to time everything out uh, with it. But the you, the first person that you try to say it to, uh, Christmas Eve gift. Uh, the idea is to they, they owe you a gift or that they you know ha- owe you kind of some like a little special something in, in memory of you. Um, I'm competitive and try to get everybody at once. Uh, I've gotten to the point where I just do like text messages now, but it used to be you would call. A lot of the times now I actually call, um, specifically mom. I will make it a point. This is where I'm going to cry. Okay, go ahead. It started off, and I'll fill in for a minute, and then you can finish. It started off as I can remember going down to my dad's parents' house. And like I said, there was there were six kids in the family, grown-up kids and their wives and husbands and then everybody had kids in and out in and out and I can remember if you were there already in the house and somebody was coming in the door all the grown-ups were standing there yelling Christmas Eve Christmas Eve gift Christmas Eve gift because they wanted to be the first one to say it and uh, and then we carried it over and Cade you can finish it yeah we carried over and it became the who can reach out to the first person at that time? As as we moved out of the house, it would be someone would call, um, and, and you stayed not, awake till. And not only do does it involve you and your brother and sister and me. Okay, we also have your cousins. Yeah, cousins. And first cousins. I've, I've second in, cousins. I pulled in other friends that I do this right. with, um, and it's so, it's just a tradition that's kind of blossomed more and more and more. So. Uh, so at 12 o'clock 12 o'clock in one second and one second because i did it too early one year yep you know i mean you 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 you, um you know it's like who can be the champion for the whole group you know but uh you know you have your phone set you know and all i want you to hear ding 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 ding, because everybody's texting each other back and forth everybody's trying to to be that that first one and occasionally it. it you get it on the computer you know sometimes they'll they 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 do them on the computer i i think the past like year, two or three years, I've just I I'll send out a text, but I'll try to like call one or two people that I'll I'll try to hit because of now we're kind of getting that to that age of technology where it's just okay we can send a text and it's instantly there, but it, I I kind of miss that interaction of that physically doing that because of the last six maybe seven years Christmas for me has been with my in-laws, which is in Ohio. Uh, in Ohio. So I'm not here in that sense for it. So it's definitely one of those ones that I have to uh, enjoy it that way. Cause if my wife and I split holidays of which one, uh, which one goes to the where and I get Thanksgiving and she gets Christmas. Right. We're able to go that. So that's why I always try to make sure that I get mine in somehow. <laughs> and mom's the, in our opinion, the, uh, the golden prize on trying between my brother, my sister, and I of who can get mom first, <laughs> and if mom can be able to get us, um, whoever kind of goes that route with but, it. But I do find it interesting that our 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 family, my nieces, and their children, 
and, and uh, my brother and his children, my sister, you know, it, it's spread out and, and they all get involved in it. Yeah. And I'll, and as far as I, I have, I have to look it back up, but it's a tradition that goes back past, and I'm not saying just our family. It's an old yeah, tradition. I, I think it actually goes back into Europe. I remember reading up about it one year that I think it's like Norway or somewhere like that that it originated. I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's an old tradition. You could be able to, uh, Right. If you if you have that knowledge, uh, insight to it, I, I know we can look online, but uh, um, send me emails, everyone and the, the listeners to it. And if you do it yourself, send me an email, let me know how you do it or comment on the Facebook page or something like that. Just to kind of let me know what your tradition is. If you do that, how that kind of works out for you, because everybody has a different approach to Christmas Eve gift. They may call it something different as well. So give you listeners an opportunity as well to kind of share that with us. What is some of those traditions that you had as a child that you've brought over to us, your kids and your grandkids besides well, Christmas Eve gift? Okay. That's one that some of, some of the tra- some of the traditions that we do now weren't necessarily things that I did as a child. I mean, some of it, but we started um, uh, years ago doing the Advent wreath. Uh, and I didn't know about that as a child, okay? And so uh, that was always a big thing, I, I hope, when y'all were growing oh, up. yeah, it was a big thing and, for us. We still have the same Advent, one that we've used all those years. Yes, yes, yes. Who made that? Did you make that? Grandma make that? Uh, no, it's it's a, a metal one that I bought, and then I and then I I found the artificial uh, flowers to go, uh, uh, greenery and stuff to go on it and all, and then you put the candles and all. Um, but... Um, um, the other day, the grandkids were here. It was not Sunday, but um, they weren't here on Sunday. But we lit the candle. And my grandson t- had the privilege of lighting the candle. And then my granddaughter had the privilege of snuffing the candle out. Yeah, we have a, a angel. angel, like one that you'd be able to kind of get into it. And my, my dad always has the uh, teaching us bad habits of, he would lick his fingers and put it out with, uh, but not now with, with COVID. Well, not right now with, <laughs> with that, but but yeah, it would. That, I remember doing that, and I could do you that do now. it without burning your hand? Yeah, could you do it without burning your hand? And we still, I get in trouble for doing that. And what what's the saying when you play with fire? What happens, mom? You get burned. No, no, no. What's what's the other one? If, if oh. that child that plays with fire, you wet the bed. What, yeah, you wet the bed. <laughs> that, those those that child who uh, plays with fire wets the bed. I don't I remember always, you ever wetting the bed. Though. Oh well, no, but it was always just the <laughs> it was the saying that would always right, be right, kind of right, said right. with that. that was and always, another tradition that. Uh, we had uh, started at some point uh, when y'all were little and uh, carries over and we had to do it the other day with the grandkids is I was back when you were growing up, I found some cloth that you sewed and put together and it made an ad advent calendar and it has the picture of the stable and the shepherds and Mary and Joseph and the wise men and all. And then you have a little cloth star that you move around with a pen and you put it on the day uh, countdown you know like today would be for us right now would be December the 4th so the ca- the star which you can move after a while goes on December the 4th and it has uh, each square has a character from the biblical story of the you know either the wise man or Mary or Joseph or a shepherd or a sheep or a, a camel, um, 
and you move it around until you get down to the 24th and it stops and all. And then I, I remember we have, I don't know if you still have it. Do you have the, it's like a house that we open up the windows? Yes, it's, it's laying on the, in, in the living room right now. I yeah. always liked that one. That was always a, yeah. a good fun one to sit back and kind of peel the doors open on that one. I think it's a barn, actually. Yeah, yeah. there was something with windows. Yeah, yep. we had that before I got the cloth one, I think. And really? I'm, I thought the cloth one was older. Maybe, uh, maybe. Who knows? Whatever. Okay. With, this is a tradition that I remember very distinctly, and I'm excited about doing it again this year in Chelsea. Um, sorry, I'm, sometimes I drop names, not me too. My sister's <laughs> name is Chelsea. Um, we have a tradition when putting up the Christmas tree. Mom, when did this tradition start? First, I'll say what it is and see if you, when did it start? There is only two Christmas albums in my household that mean the most to me. And that is Roger Whitaker's Christmas. And John Denver Muppets. Yep, John Denver's Muppet Christmas. Those two records are the most important records in my repertoire of 500 plus records in Callan. Dang it. My, this is where I drop <laughs> off. My, my nephew's name is Callan. He has the original two of uh, the two records that I gave to them because I felt it was more important for him to have the originals um, and me just kind of buy new copies just because that whole little – to me, that is – that's Christmas. I know it started. You, you, you have to listen to them while you decorate the tree. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or you have to listen to them – while you're opening Christmas presents, some, some or baking cookies or something right, that right. had like that's that another is tradition. That's another tra- tradition of making homemade sugar cookies, or you buy the roll and you and you roll them out and and cut them out and decorate them. But uh, I don't know. It started when y'all were little. Your aunt gave us probably each album, maybe at different years. I had never heard of Roger Whittaker until she gave us and John Denver, my hero. That's like your that's hero, hero. Yeah. my hero. Uh, but uh, she gave us the John Whitaker uh, album, and um, we, you know, we we liked listening to it, and so it just, and then, and we always liked John Denver and the Muppets, and he's John Denver's got a couple other Christmas songs besides the Muppet ones and all. Yeah, but you can't beat the Muppets. No, but the you Muppets can't beat the Muppets. Just, you know, but, they're but, own special world. But somehow that was to us the music that y'all related to, we related to, and that's what we always did. Now there's the other tradition. Of each one of y'all had uh, uh, a turn of putting one of your Christmas. You chose which Christmas decoration to put up. Well, yeah, because if not, then one of us would take one side of the Christmas tree and never the other one would not get to have a space. But now your older brother, being born almost on Christmas, uh, had a a little wooden Christmas manger scene that he got to hang up at the top of the tree. And then my niece um, made us some very special... Uh, wise men out of clothespin uh, and some Santa helpers, I think, out of clothespins and all. And they always get to go at the top of the tree. There's in her memory. A moment where a little <laughs> bit of crying just to kind of catch back in. Very important person uh, to us. So give us a second to kind of regroup ourselves. <laughs> um. And and then and then uh, while, while you're recouping, I will, we were talking about traditions and all. Uh, the year that your brother was born uh, what, uh, was the year that the movie The Christmas Story came out. Oh, yeah, The Christmas Story. And so your dad and I and my niece and her husband went to see it at the movie theater. 
after our thanks after our Christmas early Christmas get together. That's what it was after our early Christmas get together. And uh, a few days, well, uh, maybe maybe we went maybe it was at Thanksgiving we went anyhow. It was it was our Christmas Thanksgiving. It came out two weeks ago. I did it for a Today in History class. That uh, that uh, not class, but in class. Right. And I remember it came out. I think it was two weeks ago. And uh, or maybe it was last week. Anyway, we went to the movie theater and saw it that year. That was when it came out. And then uh, uh, a couple of days later, we went up to the hospital with your brother being born, and we spent Christmas at in the hospital with him. And so it's been a tradition for our family every year since then to either rent the movie or watch it on TV or or whatever. And of course, I think you and your brother have carried it a step further where you think you have to go to a Chinese restaurant somewhere around Christmas time. Yeah, we used to go watch a movie and then go to a Chinese restaurant. That hasn't really been able to be done the because past of, couple of years because me going up to, to North, not, no, I go up to Ohio. Um, but we did that constantly. That was a heavy tradition. And I'm going to put in... Um, one that sticks close to me of a memory with uh, movie theaters uh, in in Christmas range. I had a dear friend of mine that um, it was shortly around the Christmas time that she got hit in a car accident and killed right out front of the, one of the movie theaters in that my brother and I used to go to all the time. And around that Christmas time of the year, I can no longer go to that theater and whenever, because of just how much memory it kind of brings up around that time of the holiday season, and anytime I go up to that red light, I have to stop and look three or four different times. And usually somebody will honk the horn at me because of that. Just that memory is so powerful in, in that time of the season. So anybody that has lost a family member around the holiday season, it's a lot harder for you. Um, I sympathize and I, I relate to that. And we all have that um, out there for us. And it's good to acknowledge that it's there too. Don't try to hide from it. That it's it's a healthy thing. Right. Every, you have to you have to deal with it. Uh, and I say deal with it. If it makes you sad, it makes you sad. That's the way you deal with it. In, indeed, um, for sure. That we the previous episode before this, we actually talk about mental health uh, for a, a section on it. And I think that's just something that I, I want to reiterate with you all of if. You need some assistance or you need something from another individual. Well, it never hurts to ask. And, we all, and that's a hard portion for a lot of people. We all forget that Christmas is not always a happy time. It can be a sad time, even if you haven't lost anybody. It can be, you know, for some people, it's, it's a difficult time. And sometimes it can be just lonely because of families being so spaced right, out. Right. And, and times changing and all. That's true. That That is definitely one of those ones that we have been very blessed to be close enough around each other that family is i could say we really in all honesty minus uh, myself and my wife we are within a 15 20 mile range of all of us oh now like easily y'all to be are, able to get back and forth y'all are within a 15 20 mile radius of us oh I, i'm terrible remembering some of the distances yeah, yeah, on yeah, that yeah, perspective but so, yeah it's we are so blessed to kind of have that that capabilities and being able to meet together and spend that time around this time of year. And we do Christmas early because of my wife and I going up to Ohio. Uh, so 
this is just jumping back in since I said time, I said not time, but since I said about homes, this is just, it popped a question back in my head of what is a Christmas smell to you? Like what is something that you associate with Christmas time um, and smells? That's just, I don't know why that just pops up. Fresh pine or fresh evergreen. Let me put it that way. Fresh evergreen. But, you know, and that's why even there's times that if we have an artificial tree, I might, you know, like to go out and just cut some pine boughs or something and just smell it. It's just, you know, or I'll have a, a, a candle that smells like evergreen. That to me, that's the smell. Is that something from, I'm curious, with going across the road and trimming up the pine tree and bringing well, it's, it in? It's, it's, or is that it just a traditional something you have always smelled around well, with church? Because, or? Well, that's, you know, when I was growing up, the, the trees at school, the trees at church, the trees at uh, home were real trees, real trees, <laughs> evergreen trees, you know, and all. And uh, so I, that's, that's something that just, you know, stayed with me. I've seen a couple pictures of this, and I don't think I ever got to experience it. Okay. But I know what you're going to say. The bathtub. I knew you were going to say that. Okay. When we moved, in, my husband and I moved into, I had already bought, and, and we were fin- we refinished it all, my grandfather's house. Okay. And my husband's dad gave us a claw foot cast iron bathtub and this will be a fight over when both parents pass on who gets the uh, bathtub well no it won't be a fight it'll be who can move it out of the, out of the house it, you know? which is, will be a fight over <laughs> who has control over moving well, what it out. i'm saying who can who can get it out of the house because this is the story okay when we first my, uh, my husband's dad had this clawfoot bathtub and that he had gotten somebody he'd given it to him and all and so when we were remodeling the house, we were going, it was going to go into the one bathroom in, in our house, you know. And so when they were remodeling the house and they went to put the bathtub in the old bathroom, it wouldn't fit because it was too long. And so it sat on the front porch for a while until we had people stopping because they saw the clawfoot bathtub and they wanted to buy the bathtub. And we said, no way. So we move it inside the house into the living room. And just we filled it full of pillows and all, and we used it as a, a, a couch. A, you know, you laid in it and all, you had it full of pillows and all. So then come Christmas time, we thought, you know what? We have no place to put the Christmas tree. The Christmas tree goes in the bathtub. So we put the Christmas tree in the bathtub. So we continued that when your brother and sister were little because that way we could put the their the presents and stuff down inside the bathtub and they you know for the presents for the grandparents or whatever and all and they couldn't un- unwrap them you know and all and so we yeah so for i don't know four or five years five or six years the the christmas tree was in the bathtub yeah, I, I, I until I we added this. onto the house yeah. and built a special bathroom for the clawfoot bathtub. Yep, which is reinforced and uh, special specifically built in. So getting it out is going to be a pain because, at some point. <laughs> because when they built it and they uh, they were building the adding onto the house and they moved the tub into the 
the new bathroom to to set up about where they put the pipes and stuff at. And they were going to move the tub back. And, and then they uh, a couple of days later, they were going to move the tub out of the bathroom to finish up the bathroom and finish up the floor and all. And they couldn't get it back through the door because they didn't. They made the door the normal size of the door and the bathtub won't go through a normal size of the door. And to, to give you an image of what this bathtub size is, is I'm five foot 11 and I could lay perfectly in that bathtub and not with, have to worry about my legs being cramped up. With three, my feet, back's nice with three feet of water covering your body. Oh, and entirely. And it, it holds warm water too. being cast iron. It holds that heat for a long period of time. And getting a bubble bath and just sitting in that is, oh, just, it's, it's a whole different world for sure with that. Now, the Christmas tree. Y'all had a live, <laughs> sorry, I, I totally just jump all over the place. That's just my nature. Uh, the Christmas tree, y'all had live Christmas trees with brother and sister i uh, never got a live no, christmas i no. don't remember ever having a live christmas day. i remember having usually only like two or three christmas trees over the entire life that we've had that were the fake christmas tree that we put up okay uh even with your brother and sister most all of our trees were artificial okay i did make a point of uh one or two years i said we're going to have a real christmas tree because the smell of it you know and we actually the tree on the corner up here, one of them, not the tallest one, but the other one, is actually one that we got with roots on it. And then eventually set it out uh, in the corner up there. And it grew and it grew and it grew. And what is it, about 30 feet tall? Oh, easily 30 feet tall. And there's three of them out there now. Or is there two? One of them, one of them is one that we got from my cousin's house. And, and set it out. It was a, I, I think, I don't think it was a, a Christmas tree. It was, it was an evergreen tree, but I think we, she had a, a cedar that we wanted. And, and then the other one is the Christmas tree. So I think there's only one or two. two. I did not know that, that that one of the Christmas trees that you had roots from this actually was a Christmas tree at one right. point that y'all put right. outside. That's and then we, super then cool. There were a couple of years that we did put lights on it, but then it got, they got so big we can't get the lights on it. I did remember putting the Christmas tree lights well, on it. I have to tell one story. Okay. Well, you got to tell several stories. This, there's not just no, one. No, there's one that I have to tell that when you were about two, okay? I think I know what this story is. And your brothers and sister, brother and sister, your dad had carried them to the Christmas program practice at church, okay? And you were not going to be in the program. You, you were at home. And so you were in the house, and we had the Christmas tree up, and it thanked Kevin's, I think it was an artificial tree. I don't think it was a real tree, artificial tree. And we had one of the cats in the house. I miss this cat. This is my favorite cat of all time. <laughs> we had the cat in the house, and and you and the cat were playing, and somehow you and the cat decided that the cat decided that he wanted to climb up the Christmas tree. Probably because I was tearing, terrorizing. I don't it think too much. you were terrorizing. I think I you were know. just y'all were playing. Yeah. And he ran up the Christmas tree, and you came and got me and said, "Tree fall down." And the tree was luckily leaning against the couch, but the cat had climbed up the tree and knocked the tree down. And you said, "Tree fall down." <laughs> I, I I've always heard the story, I, but it's I don't have vivid memories that far back as childhood, but I could picture it. Especially with every so often, uh, brother or sister will literally show me one of the Christmas ornaments that's broken because well, that's of true. that moment. That's true. That's true. I forgot about that. So I never get to live live that down. But uh, this cat was Blackberry. The name was Blackberry. 
It was black as night. Had It was almost like a Persian cat with how fluffy it was. But me and this cat had like a relationship like no other. Like I would get out of the bathtub and he would come up behind and lay down behind me and like almost put his claws into me and make me sit still and would lick my head dry. Yes, like, I forgot about that. It That's was, right. yeah, it was, it, it was amazing. Like thinking about that of just how, how he would, he would just do that. And there, I'm going to tell a little story here about this cat because of how phenomenal um, it was. We were getting rabies shots for the cats and dogs and we were driving up um, Smithwick Hill and the cat, the cat jumps out the, of the what, back what, what, of the car. The cat, the cat was in a cage in the back of the pickup. Yes. And coming up Smithwick Hill. Probably going about 50 miles an hour at this point. I don't know. Your dad hill. was driving. I yeah. was at home. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, all I know is at one point we hear this rustling and stuff going around back and forth. The next thing you know, um, we see this black blur just jump out of the back of the, of the car. So we pull over and it was Blackberry had gotten out of his cage and jumped out and ran like hauled butt into the woods and was gone. And we searched for Which, probably the, a week or two, just constantly searching. And had for everybody him. looking for it. Yeah, because this was a just beloved cat. Like, and it was on. It went off on the side of the road, away from us. Yeah. Oh, entirely. Like he he hit the ground running. And, and this was, was and and this was if you went from our house to where he went off at, straight as a crow flies. This was still easily three four miles if not five i don't know if like, it was hardly five but it was several miles across he was gone for about a year and a quarter no 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 it no. was almost a year no no it was, no 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 was it a year it was a couple of months okay it was okay it was usually there in, okay it's february march is when they do it so april may june july august september october, october november, november november so eight months this cat was gone in the day of thanksgiving this cat is walking across the field and we're like there there's no way this is this cat. Yeah, just meowing and saying all it, it you know all its thoughts to it and walked up, walked past everybody, walked straight to the door and wanted inside. And we're like, "Okay, this is this is Blackberry." And sadly, unfortunately, about what less than a month later, he got hit by a car and you're like, "After all this traveling that you've done he, and he, all, all the roads you made it to, across a major road yeah. and through quite a few pastures and maybe even a dirt road, yeah, a dirt road yep. and all that kind of stuff and all to get to our house, yeah." And then less than a month later was hit by a car. That was just like, "Oh my gosh." That was around Christmas time. That's the thing I could be yep. able to remember. That's one of those yep. moments where I'm like, "Uh, but he made it like, home." He but he made it home after that. So that's again lovely things with with home and memories and things like that and i love getting on little side tangents it's always a blast i'm not going to make a mention of the fact that kate has on a green sock and a purple sock that's his standby trade that that's my well i don't match socks it's not really a trade i don't match socks or shoes i just kind of put on what's available so it's not really a oh he purposely does this no it's it's i'm lazy and when i find two socks there that have been times that you purposely feet, done that i did that yeah i did that with shoes okay. i did it with shoes for a while right. but now my feet are not the best and i have to wear certain shoes and it's too expensive to buy multiple ones um but house we were talking about the house talking about the christmas tree um we had certain beads 
that we always wrapped around the Christmas tree. We that still were have them. Always tangled, always in place with it. And they dad like would always put those on. They look like cranberries. Where did y'all get those from? Okay. There is um, uh, 85 in commerce. The uh, Gosh, I can't even think of the name of it now. It was a pottery outlet that we always stopped was at. Was it old time pottery? No, no, not old time pottery. It was it it wasn't a it wasn't a not a chain. Not a chain. Okay. But they had a huge outlet place uh up at uh at Commerce, uh back before Commerce was a outlet mall place at all. And we would stop on the way to go see your aunt or coming back from seeing your aunt. And we went in there um one time and they had some Christmas decorations out and they had these beads. They're I think part of them are uh, one strand may be wooden and another strand is, is is like plastic or fiberglass or something. And they all look like cranberries. And we thought that was the neatest thing. So we've got several, several strands. So they always go on the Christmas tree. Yep, they always do. And dad is the one who puts them up. That, like, that and the Christmas lights. Yep. And we argue about whether they should be all white lights, clear lights, or all colored lights. And sometimes it's a mix, but <laughs> depending upon what plugs in and what's working at the time, or who happens to be the one to get the lights out of the attic. That's true. That's always a mess of untangling, as everyone knows. Untangling lights and untangling anything is just a mess, and eventually things break and things stop working. But the beads, the beads. never have been broken. Nope. That is an nope. extremely impressive feat that I, I will say for sure is is amazing. One a smell that I associate heavily with Christmas, and I always have to have, is making the Christmas cookies mm-hmm. and laying out the dough, putting it down in place. And speaking of Dad, with his fun little quirkinesses, always seeing him in the corner picking off the dough that's raw and eating it in that place until of, he gets yelled at. Until he gets yelled at, and then a bunch of us start doing it as well, and we get yelled at as well. But w- did you have a recipe that you specifically go off of? I, there was several years that I, I used uh, Mother's uh, sugar cookie recipe that came out of her home ec book, I think, uh, that she had when she was – they had to buy their books back when she was in school. And I think it came out of her home economics book. Uh, uh, and we used that for a while. And th- there's times that you could get it to where it would work right and then times it wasn't and – when y'all were growing up, sometimes we would get impatient and, and we wanted to do it, you know, fast. So the, most of the time we would buy the, the rolls of sugar cookies uh, and roll it out uh, and, and cut them out. Like and that. we had always had the same cookie cutters. Yes. Is that something that y'all had? There was like three or four different random sets, but I always remember just from a child, even and out, they're all still the same cookie cutters. Right. Where did those come from? Uh, well, that, some of them were ones that I had. You know, a few, a few were when I had growing up. Uh, that, that, now that I think about it, were that came that mother got out of boxes of oatmeal. You got prizes out of oatmeal, and there would be like a, there's a couple of cookie cutter, um, star cookie cutters, yeah, that came out of oatmeal, I think. Um, and all, and then through the years, I would buy stuff, you know, after Christmas was over with, they would put cookie cutters on sale, and, and so. We collected various ones throughout the years. Uh-huh. Yeah, because there's a whole drawer full. Yep. And it's always fun pulling them out and seeing who fights for what and who who doesn't. How many we make of, of one thing then eventually gets towards the end. We have all leftover batter and we just make random balls yep. and there's, put them in the... There's uh, reindeer, the, reindeers. There's, uh, there's 
stars, stars Santas, trees. Yeah. The the angels, ones, I think. The ones that always cut the best are the metal ones, and those are probably the yes, really and old those, ones. Those are the ones that part of those are the ones that I think came out of the uh, oatmeal. And then you always make sure that we have two different trays of some without sprinkles and then the ones with sprinkles because we usually get pretty heavy handed and like fill up with all the different uh, uh, ones that we can with sprinkles uh, as much as possible. But yeah, man, cookies, this is where, this is, I, I, you know, I'm not saying I blame you on this. I blame you for this one of with popcorn and cookies, like whenever they sit for like three or four days and get sort of like stale, is, that's my opinion on when they taste like the best. Of course, they age. It's yeah. like tea has is supposed to age for two or three days. Yeah, because I always, I always would, you would make sure that we had a small stash of the left ones that we wouldn't eat for a couple of days. And same with popcorn. You used to pop popcorn and then leave it in the microwave. If for like, you used to leave it overnight sometimes. Okay. I don't remember you, Or that, you would put it in a bag somewhere okay. and, and, and that, leave it somewhere or, or leave else. leave it in a bowl. Like leave it in a bowl somewhere that we'd be able to eat that. And I get made fun of all the time for that, but I love I it. It's delicious. anything to do with melting ice cream in the well, that one's my, that one's my own. That one okay. kind of came out of nowhere. I don't know where the origins of that one comes from um, at all. The next section of something I wanted to ask about that always curious me was the Jones store with the decorations in down the, the Jones uh, store oh, in oh, Canton. Oh, Joneses in Canton. Like the Joneses. That's, oh, okay. that's something that okay. always fascinates me because they're redoing the store okay. and they're doing a really good job with making they it historical. Had, they had the glass windows and you walk down the sidewalk you know and they the, the big window displays and all you know um i think there were what three levels and all yeah and all and there was always a mechanical santa claus in the jones's window now there would be maybe toys it was sort of like the the christmas story movie you know where they have a displays and people stand around and look inside at at the the, the uh at the displays and all, uh, you you would stand there and you would look at the displays, you know. And I can remember the Santa Claus waving and moving his head, you know, and all. And there was there were all there were displays also in maybe the Kessler's uh, store because they had the big glass windows too. But the one that I remember the most was was the um, uh, one at Jones's and all. And now they also had Santa Claus would come to town. And back when the uh, uh, Old Canton Hotel was still there, uh, he would sit out on the steps of the Old Canton Hotel, and people would stand in the park. There is a park there now, but there was a different park there at one time, uh, and stand in the park and 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 watch him sit on the steps, and you could walk up and and talk to him and and the radio wchk radio would be there broadcasting it you know around and they and if you wrote a letter to santa claus you mailed it to i guess you mailed it to wchk or dropped it in a box somewhere and every afternoon for i don't know how many i don't know if it started the first of december i guess maybe uh for at least 30 minutes maybe an hour they had santa claus on the on wchk and he would read they would he would tell stories and he would they would play music christmas music and all but he would read the letters the kids wrote in and so you would sit there next to the radio waiting for him to read your letter you know i don't know that's awesome i didn't know that that portion to it yeah i don't know if dad will come in here and tell the story but i don't know if you know it is the story of his grandfather sitting on chris on santa's lap do you know the story 
all I know is his his grandfather was in Canton, and Santa Claus, you know, somebody was dressed up. Usually, when I was growing up, there was like a Santa Claus on this corner dressed up, and a Santa Claus on this corner, you know, and all. But anyway, the guy was a guy was dressed up like Santa Claus, and his grandfather wound up for some reason going up and sitting and talking to Santa Claus, sitting on his lap, and uh. He asked, and Santa Claus asked him what he wanted for Christmas, and he told him he wanted a mule for Christmas to plow his garden, a new mule to plow his garden. And the newspaper took a picture of him sitting on his lap, and it was in the Cherokee newspaper, the Cherokee Tribute, and all. And yes, we have a big copy hanging up on the wall. I always get a laugh looking at that picture. It's always fun. He was a jokester and had a. I never got to meet him, but I've heard all the kind of different stories yeah, over the years. Yeah. And it's always, that was one of my favorite ones, especially when I get to like physically see it um, and huh, kind of God. the picture in front of that. Now, when you mailed the Christmas letters to WCHK, did you have a box that you just dropped them off at? Or did you actually have to go in like, I, physically just put it in your mailbox with a stamp? I, 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 there may have been like a box and and Kessler's or or Fambrose which was another five and dime store, um, and I'll uh, somewhere in Canton that you could drop them in, or I can't remember if it was that or you actually you know put a stamp on it and put it in your mailbox and mailed it. I can't remember, uh, but yeah, you know, it was it was a big thing, you know, uh, because they he was on at least thirty minutes a day, if not maybe an hour, um, you know, because back then WCHK was truly a local radio station they broadcast the uh basketball games for the elementary schools you know and all and and it was you know it was a big thing and they still the radio station still was running when i was uh, around as a child right because i remember they would your birthday you would submit in for your birthday to see if mm-hmm. you could win a birthday cake because they would have like a, a little spinner and say hey we're spinning the wheel and all of a sudden they'd stop and they say oh so and so you've got you right. want a christmas not christmas but you want a birthday cake from blank 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 dairy or not right. dairy but a bakery right. i remember winning two i won two over the years and they were always really it good was cakes. it was it was very it was byron dobbs was one of the main anchor people there and all and it was very 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 uh locally based uh you know it covered you know if you were part of Cherokee county you know i mean in the morning you got up if it if you thought it was snow on the ground you got up and you listened and they they were the people that told you you didn't get a telephone call they were the people that told you whether you were going to school or not you know even until y'all were in school oh yeah even whenever we were in school yeah i remember granddaddy always sitting up in the morning and from us i can't remember what time it was but you did not interrupt him when the obituaries came on. Because that was how... I think it was uh, like 9.45, 10 o'clock, 10.45, something like that. It's usually about a 20, 15, 20 minutes of them reading through the obituaries. And it would say the name and like a small little blip about them kind of deal. And it it sounded weird at the time as a child, but it makes sense of it is he goes, I want to know if any of my friends or any of my loved ones I know passed. That's how you learned. Yeah, exactly. That's how you learned. I didn't think about it in that realm to it. I always thought it was like... That's a little weird. That's a little morbid, Granddaddy, but it it makes sense. Because, let's face it, uh, in Cherokee County, you couldn't call everybody without it being long distance. You know, you you were, you know, I couldn't call from here to Canton without it, it being charged extra. It was long distance, you know. So that's how you found out. You listened to the radio, you know. Yeah, which is, again, that's 
a transition that we have today with technology is at our hands right. and at fingertips. And that's Which can be good or can be bad. Yeah, it could be good and bad. I have a lot of issues with it for if any of my students at any point uh, wind up finding this podcast and listening to it. You know, I don't like technology in the classroom and there's a reason <laughs> for it. <laughs> From time, I do use it, but it's one of those things I very much limit it because of all the technology because, stuff. Yeah. It just, it, it, yeah, I have a weird pet peeve with it. It's kind of a, an ongoing battle for sure. With mail, with sending Christmas cards, WCHK, Christmas cards. I know it's it was a very it's still a very common thing of sending out a Christmas card and you hang them up it on was, your walls. It was so special that when Dad's mother passed away, she had Christmas cards and things saved up that people had sent her throughout the years, and all. And Mother and Daddy did, and I I, I still save special ones. Mother and Daddy had Christmas cards when they passed away that I had to go through and think, okay. I have to throw this away. I can't, you know. I, I, I but, but then I, I did save some special ones and all. But yeah, it was, it was special to get a Christmas card, and and no, the stamps didn't cost quite as much as they do now. But when you think about the um, economy and all, it probably affected people, you know, sending them, uh, you know, fifteen cents, uh, three cents back then was as much as. 53 cents now, you know, and all. But yeah, it was a it was a big deal. You know, everybody sent Christmas cards. I sold Christmas cards for a while. I did not know this. <laughs> well, and your uncle did too. Uh, we would get a, cat, uh, uh, a display, I mean, a um, sample book uh, that had, I don't know, 20, 30 Christmas cards displayed in it. And you'd go around and uh, say, don't you want to buy, you know, Christmas cards, and you could get them with your name and, and, and uh, you know, on the inside of it, or you get them plain or whatever, you know, a box of 24 or 50 or whatever, you know, so I go around and, and ask all the aunts and uncles, you know, neighbors and stuff and all, and uh, they would order, uh, you know, and give me the money. I, I can't remember if they gave me the money then or if they gave me the money after I brought the Christmas cards back. But And then I get my order together, fill out my form, get my order together, send it off, and then a couple of weeks later, uh, get a big box delivered, and then I'd have to go around and deliver the Christmas cards. Was this like a school fundraiser, or something no, you were just doing to raise no. money? This was me. Well, it started off with your uncle, and then I eventually took it over and did it for several years. You know, so that, I don't, I'm not yeah. saying we made a lot of money, but we felt like we were making money. You know, well, yeah, every bit and, of money goes a long well, way. And, and back then, you know, uh, you know. It it was something special for kids to do something like that, you know. Now you you know, I wouldn't want my kids to get out in the neighborhood now and do that, but you know, <laughs> we knew everybody, you know. Yeah, that that's definitely a different time to it. Getting around the Christmas season again, it can get expensive for sure. On was there things that you used to do or that your dad, and mom used to do to be able to make a little bit extra money for around Christmas time? No, I don't remember. I don't remember. I do remember. I'll have to tell this. Uh, my dad worked at the cotton mills, okay? And they were on strike one Christmas. I think it was about fourth grade, I think. And so the uh, union wanted to make sure that the kid, the, the workers' kids, you know, had a little bit of Christmas. And, I'll, and I can remember daddy going to, down to a union meeting on, I think it was on a Sunday afternoon. And he came back, and he had been allowed to pick 
one item for me and one item for your uncle. And he gave me, uh, he gave your uncle a transistor radio. And, you know, that was something that was when they were, you know, really just coming out and being big. And, all, and he got a little transistor radio and I got a, to me, it was a Barbie doll. Now, it was probably a fake Barbie doll. And I can remember carrying it to school after Christmas. And one of the girls said, that's not a real Barbie doll. Well, I didn't really care. To me, it was a Barbie doll. It was, and I had it for years. I don't know if I still have it now or not. But it was, you know, that was, um, you know, something special. Even though we knew that it was from the union, you know. But but uh, Daddy had earned it from being on strike, you know, for the union and all. Um, and um, it, that was, you know. That was that was special, you know. So, but I can't remember. Uh, you know, Daddy always worked two or three, two jobs or whatever, uh, and all. And Mother, and Daddy, you know, always. Um, I'm not saying they penny pinched or anything like that, but you know, they. We we got what we needed for Christmas and all, but there were not horrend- horrendous splurges and all. But you know, I never felt like I was wanting or anything. Now you mentioned the. The Barbie doll, was there some other memorable gifts that you have gotten over the years or given that stick out in your mind? Okay, one of the ones that, one of the very first ones that I can remember is I was the baby of the family, okay? And so I was rather young when my sister got married. And so the very first Christmas, she and her husband, uh, if I remember this correct, were allowed to uh, somebody they knew allowed them to go into a warehouse that they owned or or something and pick out some presents for the family and all uh, got them for cheap or whatever and I can remember her them bringing me and I still have this a black stuffed cat maybe that's why we have black cats around here a black I think I know which black cat yeah, this it, is it's it's in there and and then they brought um either for me or for my brother, some records. Uh, I, my brother had gotten a, a, a record player that Christmas or was going to get one that Christmas. Uh, or maybe he saved his money and bought one. I can't remember. And it was the little, you know, that would play 45 or, th- or, or 78 uh, records. And they brought us a, couple, a, a stack of, of, of records to go on the record player. So that's one of the first things I remember. I remember various dolls that I got, you know, through the years and all. Um, I remember several uh, Christmas gifts that students gave me. I have a big, huge, uh, beautiful uh, crocheted shawl that one of my, the moms of one of my students gave me. My very first year of teaching, one of the uh, moms who was an extremely wonderful sewer made me a pair of pants that fit me uh perfectly because she had a, an older daughter that was about she figured out was about my size um and so she made me a handmade pair of pants you know um uh i've you know i've okay the the skirt that goes under a christmas tree yes yes one of the moms of one of my students uh, made that skirt that that we, I'm still using under the Christmas tree, and all. Uh, so there's you know various you know Christmas presents like that you know that that I remember. Now, over the years, I know that you've 
done some phenomenal stuff for for us kids <laughs> on on Christmas. How was it that transition of going into adulthood in being Santa? <laughs> it was sort of fun, uh, you know, to actually have the uh, the chance to do that. And I can remember when y'all were little, we really tried to be careful and and say, okay, we're only getting so many, you know, toys for each one and all. And then after a while, we sort of followed it and we didn't follow it, you know. Um, but it, it it was fun to try. It didn't to... help that we had grandma and granddaddy next door too. That right, would right, right, right. <laughs> chip in on, <laughs> on stuff. Right. So uh, uh, you know, it it uh, it was fun to to be able you know to get things that we thought y'all would want, you know. And there's a few of those toys still around here. Yeah, there's still that, a fair amount that your niece and nephew were playing with. Yep, and that's that's super cool to see that turn through the whole process of going from one to the next generation. Like the big, huge construction toys. Now, we didn't get those. Your dad's parents, well, we got some of them, but your dad's parents also got some of them. The big, huge construction, metal construction toys and Love stuff. Love those toys. Yep, I know. So. When was it that you found out about the secret of Santa? I I don't remember exactly. I, I think I was big, sort of figuring things out that Christmas that I talked about that the, the power went off, you know, and, and, and it was cold and all. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to get up and, you know, see what Santa had left was because I was, you know, thinking about things and all. So I don't know. I, I can't tell you for sure. I don't remember exactly. You know, I remember my siblings ruined it for me in I was third say- grade. <laughs> and I was uh, very upset about that for, because I had several arguments with classmates about it for a long period of time of <laughs> like, no, no. And then it it became a spoiled moment for me. But I still remember constantly of getting a stairwell or getting uh, wherever we can to be able to try and, and get a peek or kind of see what was going on with uh, what Santa was, was dropping down for us. And I always made the, I don't know if you ever know this, but uh, I always was curious on, I was like, we have a chimney, like we have a chimney, but it's, it's goes into a little furnace here that literally heats up the entire living room. I love that furnace. Not a furnace, but it's a wood heater. Well, wood heater. Which is a handmade wood heater. We have to sell that. Yeah. That my uncle, your brother-in-law made, and it has the penny on the front from the year on it, but that thing is phenomenal. No, it has two pennies. Two pennies? Yeah. One on each side. Oh, one on each side. Yeah. But I always wondered, how how does Santa make it through opening the door and, and also making it through the flue pipe? That was always something I was, was curious for me. And, and in my head, my brain went to, oh, he used the side door that was that's off the side that you could be able to have access to the um the, the flu. flu. Yeah. No. I was that was just something that I was and I would always every so often look in there just to see how there was magic of him coming in. I don't know if you know that or not. But I was <laughs> I always just kind of thought that was very interesting. There's a tradition that you haven't mentioned yet about with Santa and for him to be able to see to come down with his sleigh. Do you remember what that tradition is? The luminaries? Is? Yeah, the luminaries. Yeah. When did, when did that start? That. You know, I y'all were very young. Uh, you know, uh, I couldn't tell you exactly when, but y'all were very young. But yeah, we... we uh, we may have tried it with paper bags. I don't know. Rem- I never remember the paper I don't, bags. I don't think we ever did. I think we just thought, 
we'll just save plastic milk jugs. And we cut the plastic milk jugs and put sand in the bottom of it and put candles in the sand. And then they line up and down the driveway and we go light them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, and I, I, another I one of those moments them. where you hear the line of the child who plays with the fire wets the bed. Because uh, <laughs> I loved getting in there and trying to do it uh, when we had the really long sticks. And sometimes we didn't have the long the, sticks. The long so, matches. Yeah. yeah, the long matches. Sometimes we just have the small ones. And so we'd burn our hands a lot trying to do and, it. And some, sometimes, I remember over the years that some of them actually made it through the night. Oh, yeah. It was really surprising to yeah, think about these yeah. tiny little candles. Uh, and, and, and But we would be out there after dark on Christmas Eve with sometimes the wind blowing and it very cold, lighting those candles. Yeah, it and had to be done. If it rain or shine, that's right. it had to be it done. It didn't matter. And, and we sort of, you know, like two lines, one on one side and of the driveway and one on the other side. And, you know, it's like, okay, somebody start on this side and somebody start on this side lighting them and, you know, see if we can get them all done before they get blown out, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, that was always the challenge of keeping them all lit. And right. trying to do it as much as possible before, before giving <laughs> giving up on that range for it for sure, uh, with getting those lights in place. And I remember always, I was, we would always stick some of the cans in the back, and we try to get the same colors as much as possible, the clear ones if right. we could. But then we they would start migrating from the back of the house to the front of the house towards towards Christmas time. Of always having those <laughs> jugs, and then sitting and cutting them out too was yes, always yes, a challenge. Yes. yes. I remember getting cut several times. We have a, a bad history with sharp objects in the household. Well, I was going to say, you had something on here about special gifts that I may have given. There was uh, a couple of Christmases that I handmade gifts for my class, handmade, uh, hand crocheted puppets for, with my mother's help too, uh, for my class. And then there was the year that I was expecting your brother that, I decided I would we would make handmade jump ropes for the class, and your bro, your dad was helping us cut the uh, helping me cut the rope uh, to put the beads on to make the jump ropes, and we wound up at the doctor's office late in the afternoon getting stitches in his hand because he proceeded to cut his hand by jumping cutting the jump ropes. There's another one of having to go Christmas after Christmas to the emergency room to get stitches done whenever we were putting speedometers on the bicycles. Yes, he we, stuck the screwdriver through his hand. Yeah, we're not allowed to have a lot of sharp objects. And this has continued with my brother and I of getting cut with sharp objects. I feel like it's a weird family curse yeah. of sharp yeah. objects and, and getting cut. And speaking of sharp objects and cut, That's my arms are cut up right now because we were working on the fence line today uh, trying to get stuff in place and barbed wire uh cuts really nice and looks like easily looks like he and i have been playing with a tiger yeah it does that yeah a tiger i i i kind of do it to myself with i don't like it's, wearing it's long like, sleeve t-shirts it's and, like rare rabbit please oh please don't throw me in the briar patch yeah but we can <laughs> we continue to go through and but that's part of like when having a farm if it doesn't matter rain or shine whenever there's weather or christmas or yeah new year's you have to work on the fence to keep it in place if not Right. the cows will get out right. and that's for it. And so that's what we did today before recording this podcast is we spent four hours going around part, part of a section of a fence line to be able to let cows in by repairing it. And of now which the cows thoroughly appreciated it. They did. They ran in pretty quickly. They, because they, went they wanted in, to go get the grass. They did. And that comes a question I just thought about with on Christmas, colder weather, 
feeding that you were talking about having to, you know, feed the chickens and stuff. Y'all have to do every so often, you know, putting out hay for the cows and getting stuck in and out from time to time with the tractor. Is there any memories of you having to go with, uh, with dad or with your, uh, with can, your dad and trying to kind of get things prepared I out? Remember, I can remember walking to the chicken house with your grandfather when I was a teenager, I guess, uh, late at night in the snow and go and over to the chicken houses to make sure that the temperature was right and that the heaters were working and all. It was the most calm, quiet time that there was. It was, it was, yes, you had to go to the chicken house to work, but it was so quiet because there were no cars on the road. Of course, there were not many cars on the road anyway, but there were no cars on the road because of the snow. And you could just walk down you know, the road and up to the chicken house. And then when you get inside the chicken house, the chickens were all cuddled up. They wouldn't stay warm. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, and they make, I don't know, they make a special noise. And it's just this calm, quiet, relaxing, you know, time. Yeah. Yeah. Then there was a time that mother and daddy, and I, I want to say it was around Christmas. It might not have been. It was in the wintertime. Mother and daddy all had the, the the flu, I want to say Japanese flu, Chinese flu, whatever it was that came around. And my brother was home from college, happened to be. And we had 30,000 chickens that had to be cared for. And I think at that time they were baby chickens. And so we had, we were still hand feeding. We had electric, you know, after they got a certain age, they would be fed by the electric feeders and waters. Uh, but we had to go, my brother and I had to go over and take care of those 30,000 chickens because mother and daddy were sick, but we made it through, you know, it, it, you just did it. You know? Yeah. And this is, yeah, you had, you had to do yeah. that Yeah, and having food and having opportunities to get items before Christmas, did they, did stores shut down a day or two before Christmas day after Christmas? How did the stores uh, there were handle. no Black Fridays, as far as well, I yeah. know. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, yeah. But I'm saying, like, for Christmas, in terms of getting, like, the day before or the day after Christmas, kind of. I, you know, I know they were, uh, yeah, I know they were closed Christmas Day. I can't remember, you know, for us, we didn't go shopping, you know, during the mi middle of the week that often or anything. So I can't say for sure whether they were closed on Christmas Eve or, or what, but. You know, I know for sure all of the stores were closed Christmas Day, you know, come what may. I don't, you know, and I can't say for sure about the Christmas Eve or the day after Christmas. But um, I know they did have some sales after Christmas, you know, if they had things left over. Uh, they, But, of course, some of the stores would just bag them up and save them for next year. Uh, yeah. And I want to say for those that are having to work Christmas, whether you are in a medical field job or you work in retail or um, volunteering and some services to us thank you for your time and giving that and i know it's hard to be away from your family members um for this i know you have to be able to provide a living as well for yourselves thank you uh we deeply appreciate you and i i hope you and are we able take to you find... for granted too often we do we take you for granted too often so um if you are out and about and you see Someone who's having to work on Christmas or know someone who's having to work on Christmas, listeners, please take the moment to thank them. And 
wish them a Merry Christmas. Always, as always, as, as I, I tell you listeners to always like give someone your full attention. Always just kind of look in the eye and say like, I see you. I love you as an individual. It's hard for us to to use that word love because we associate it uh, too much with, um, we, we look too intimate with it, but the word love is for everyone. It, and, it's and not a, just and for- And appreciate the fact that, yeah, they may make a few mistakes when they're waiting on you or doing whatever, but they're a human being and they're doing the best they can at that moment. Yeah, it is. And you don't know what they're going through in their lives. Or how time. much they're having to deal with on the job or off the job. Yeah, it's it's true. So definitely take that moment to say, thank you. I appreciate you. Um, everything you're doing means something. Because if you never know if that's the only time that they're going to have an interaction with someone that day that actually cares for them or notices them uh, in that sense to it. And they may not be going home to a family. They may not be going home. They may be going home to a just themselves and maybe their animals or something like that. Or maybe they don't have loved ones in the area anymore or their family has passed and they're suffering through something um, themselves. You never know. So always think of, just think about that for a little while whenever you're out on Christmas and say, I'm going to go out to eat somewhere or I'm going to order in or I'm going to go last minute to the grocery store and grab something or you see that I'm going to go to the movie theater or something like that before even before christmas think about christmas eve too because that's where families are having to to do as well so it's especially our medical workers thank you for all that you're having to go through and especially through the christmas time this season that's kind of coming up in an among us it is really hard because you may be on your 24 hour 48 hour shift that you're there and you may be having to take a nap in the call room in, in order to start back to work in a couple hours. So I want to say thank you for that. Now, going backwards a, a little bit, we're going to go really far back. We're going to go back to uh, before you were born of uh, stories that you heard from your parents and your grandparents about their Christmases. Okay. My sister was reminding me of a story the other day that uh, she remembered our mother saying that they lived – in um, a special place uh, that um, a holler okay we'll call it a holler uh, we'll say cedar holler because that's what it, what that, they call that's it that's the way I always knew it <laughs> cedar holler because it was uh, full of cedar trees uh, and the family has always it's like the Walton story okay um, but uh, and my grandfather walked up a hill and a piece to go to work. He was a night watchman at a plant. And so um, he was either coming, and he was also a preacher, okay? So we can't remember if he was coming back from being a, a night watchman and coming home, or if he had been to a church service somewhere and was coming home. Anyway, he came in with a sack of toys. And now, I don't know what these toys, you know, were. I'm sure, you know, they were not you know, Barbie dolls and those kinds of things. But they were still very important. That they were important toys at that time. And he came in and told, there were six children in the family. And he told his six children that on the way down the hill, he had to cross a creek. And when he came to the creek, before he crossed it, there was a little man in a wagon. This was back in the horse and buggy days, okay? Seriously. And uh, cars were just beginning to come in. And uh, he... This 
uh, little man had a, some bags with toys in it, and and my grandfather supposedly said something to him, and he's he said you got a bag that that has the name of my family on it, and he said yep, he said I've I've got to deliver that in a minute, and my suppose my grandfather said well you know I'll deliver it for him, and the little old man with the beard said no 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 I'll deliver it, and so my grandfather told his children he said well I just uh, slapped at him and I grabbed that bag and I took off with it and here look what I have all the toys that I have for y'all tonight that was his version of Santa Claus okay now I'm not sure that it was anything you know fancy or anything like that but really, it was every gift is fancy that's right, the one thing we, right. we it always was, it was it would have been fancy. fancy at that yeah we always time. want something bigger better right, right. when we think of it but every Every gift is meaningful. Every right. gift is important. Right, right. Uh, then the other story that, that I remember the most is my hearing my dad tell that his father was sick at Christmas time and that he uh, nor my grandmother, uh, that my grandfather nor my grandmother were going to be able to go to the store to down the road. Uh, and, of course, it would have just been a, a general store to buy any kind of of Christmas for the kids. And I'm not sure how many of his brothers and sisters there were at that time, but I know my dad was the oldest and they sent my dad with his sister that was just under him to the general store. And they explained to my dad and I have in my head that my dad was only like five or six. Now he might've been a little bit older than that, but he was, he was still young. They sent him to the store and said, this is what you need to get for the Christmas stockings. And so my dad knew what he was doing. Now his sister, I don't think ever picked up on what, what was going on. Uh, But yeah, dad went and bought his own oranges and apples and tangerines and candy and nuts and stuff. And I I think that's basically, you know, what they would have been getting for Christmas that night and all. And so he was the one that had to go get it, you know, but that's, that's what they had to do, you know, because my grandfather was sick. And I, my grandmother couldn't leave him at all, so that's what they did. I know, so. And this was when he was living at. Okay, what was okay? I know Grandma was Cedar Holler. What was the area that they said that he lived at? There was a name for it. What was the name for that one? No, there was there wasn't. A, there wasn't a name. He uh, moved a lot. Um, they for moved, a while, wasn't it? Well, not a lot, but they moved to several different houses, but it's in the general, in this general area. Okay, and um, yeah, yeah, trying to the yeah. piece together and remember those. Yeah, yeah. Um. Christmas with churches, like being able to go between, I know we went up to a Baptist church in a Methodist church. Because I was raised Baptist and your dad was raised Methodist. Yes. And now you were Quaker. Now, yeah, now now we go to Quaker services. (laughs) It's funny, the the weird processes on it. But um, what was that like growing up? I know that I, I jumped from like your family stories and you can definitely go back into it. But my, my brain clicked whenever you're talking about moving uh, back and forth and my brain went to, Oh, moving between churches. We used to do <laughs> those two. Uh, when you were growing up, we did most of our Christmas celebrations at the Baptist church. Okay. I mean, we did, we did go to the Methodist church, but, uh, but because we felt like raising, we wanted to raise all of you so that you could make your own decision as to what faith, you know, and all. but anyway, and uh, we, you know, we were, we went mostly to the Baptist church. Um, and, um, but when I was growing up, the big, we had the big, huge children's Christmas program, uh, 
at night. I was always terrified of these. I don't know if you know that. Anytime <laughs> that it came to being in one, I did not want a speaking part and I would purposely sabotage myself to not have to be a part of a speaking part. <laughs> um, well, I know when I was growing up, it was always you wanted to be an angel or Mary, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, and I did get to lead the choir at one time. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, it, it was always the children that put on the program. I mean, you know, the adults directed it and all, but it was always the children that were the actors and all in the program. We didn't have the adults cantata or anything like that. It was always now the, the adults might sing music for the program, some of the music for the program. But usually it was just the kids. I mean, the kids acting, the kids, you know, and and it was a big we had a huge tree. Uh, and it, yes, it was always massive. Yes, they would have to move out some of the benches for the tree, and it would reach to the roof. And we're talking about a tall church, and it was always uh, harvested, whatever, cut on the property of a, a church member, and brought I didn't know in. That. Yes, yes, and it was probably you know they probably watched it all year to figure out which one to get, and I and then the one year the tree was so pretty and and. Our elementary school was, you know, always knew that we had pretty trees and all that. They asked that for us to, once the church program was over with, to get the the tree to the schoolhouse so they could set up the tree in the gym so it could be used for the uh, Christmas program at school uh, the next day or two and all. And so that's that the tree was used in both places and all. But anyway, we'd have the, the children's choir and um, the children's program. Everybody in church, the adults, the children, everybody would draw names in their Sunday school class. And I'll, and so everybody would bring a Christmas present and everybody would get a Christmas present. And so after the program was over with, we would start singing jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells. And Santa Claus would come in the door. Okay, and then and everybody would get fruit and all, and then he would set off in the he would give out a few special Christmas presents like to the pastor and all, and then he would sit in the corner and children could go talk to him and all, uh, and then eventually he would leave, and then, uh, you know, kids that were old enough to read name tags and know people would go start getting the boxes and reading the name tags and finding the people to give them the their presents and all, uh, and all, and also, um. Uh, a week or two before Christmas, uh, the uh, there would be um, a committee at the church that would do what we call fruit baskets, and they would buy baskets that were basically uh, handmade at a factory of uh, which words coming, and they would fill it full. They would go up to usually the, our little, gro- little corner grocery store up here. And have special orders of bananas and oranges and grapes and apples and nuts and stuff and, and candy and all. And fill each basket full. And then they would be delivered to the older shut-ins. Or maybe there was somebody that wasn't older but was sick and couldn't get out. And they were delivered to those people, uh, you know, uh, the week before Christmas and all. Um so. I remember doing some of that for a couple of years where we do the caroling where we go around yes, yes, and get yes. to do that. Yes. No, we didn't start doing the caroling until 
I was older or until y'all came along or whatever and all. And then, but yeah, there was the Carolyn and go around and deliver the baskets and all. But at one time it was just, you know, the, uh, Church members would just go and, and during the daytime and, and give the baskets, you know, visit with the people and give the baskets to them and all. So yeah, yeah. And I fun fun little fun little memory of uh with the churches that kind of sticks with me. I don't know, it's not really funny, but going from the Baptist church, we'd come home for a little bit. We'd be allowed to open up a present from. The sibling, we'd give a to each sibling, we'd give each other a Christmas present, and then we'd eat a little bit of cookies, and we'd go up to the Methodist church to do the what? What not the midnight service? What was it called? Yeah, the, um, the Christmas Eve service. Yeah, the Christmas Eve service. We'd go up and do that. So we would do two services in a night where we were in coming in between. So it'd always be okay. We we need to re- leave as quick as we can to be able to get home to be able to open up presents and then you know open up a couple of presents and then try to get up and into the other service and then coming home. So we were pretty tired for sure coming coming home from from. Well, we from did. That. I don't think we did that every year, but we did it a lot. I don't right, know if it was right, every right. year, right? But that's something that it sticks out for me as a memory of of going between those two, and I'm thankful that y'all did that for us of giving us the opportunity to really find ourselves within the, well, within and the church. Well, and feel comfortable no matter what church you attended, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Quaker, Catholic, whatever, you know. Yeah. And that definitely has influenced each of us as we found our journey along the way to the different, to the different churches that we are now a part of in, in that sense for it, uh, for sure. As we're getting ready to kind of wind, wind down here, on what is something that advice or things you would like to tell the audience that you perhaps we haven't maybe discussed. <laughs> I, this could be like a whole nother hour of our conversation. I know, but I just want to, I would like to open that up. Take time. That's solid. Yeah. Just, just take time. That That's a true statement. As I mentioned earlier with the, Whenever you go into the grocery stores, you're going to somewhere else. Um, I always like to think right now for in my classrooms that I work with, for a long period of time, I worked with um, in the special education department of schools over the years. And it's I've been blessed and always think further on with working with a child, with working with parents, with working with families, it has opened up my eyes a little bit more of looking at it's not the big things. It's the small things that are the big things. Um, even if you think that, you know, a present needs to be big and mighty, it doesn't have to be. I always think for me personally, whenever I get a gift, as uh, mom mentioned earlier, the handmade gifts, the handmade ornaments, I remember more specifically and cherish them more than I do getting, say, that fad toy of the year or getting um, something that maybe costs a lot of money. And it's also what you and your brother and your sister and your wife have found out. Sometimes it's not a material thing. Oh, yeah, definitely It's a gift of I will spend time with you doing this. I love getting the books where we say, hey, that I will one coupon – to go spend an afternoon with Uncle Cade, or here's a coupon to go spend uh, time doing X, Y, and Z. Here's a coupon to go fishing this summer. Yeah, 
Here's a coupon to go slide down the waterfall this summer. Yeah, those, an experience of time, you have a limited amount of time in your life that, and you never know when you're going to be gone uh, on that, but the memory lasts longer than the gift does. And I'm not saying that you you don't need to go buy a, if you want to, you have the opportunity to buy a, a big gift if you want to for them, but, but it, spend time with them with that but gift. It, but it's not the money. No, it's never, it's not about the money. It's more about doing something special, which might be just sitting down and talking to somebody. Yeah, I, and I make it a point, even though I'm not in the state, I call and talk to my family down here because of it's, for me, like the most important thing for me in my life is my family and my friends. Like I always like to use the quote of your friends are the family you've chosen and, but you still have your family that's given to you that have raised you and helped you over the years uh, for that. So, so you have to make sure that you honor both people um, in, in your life to do so. And even if it's just a simple calling them to say hi, it's, it's you're thinking of them. Always like think of people within the holiday season. And if you haven't, say, talked to someone in your family for 20, 50 10, 55 weeks, whatever, it's it's a time to try to maybe reconnect if you have the opportunity to. And I, I'm guilty of this entirely. I know that there are several family members that I've not connected to and there's several friends over the years that I've I've lost touch with over the years. But if you get the chance, pick one. Pick and it doesn't two. have to be Christmas. No, it doesn't have to be Christmas. I, that's that's true. My brain just have a of a thought as, as you kind of had Christmas yours. Christmas is, t- is the time that we think of it. Yes, but it, it doesn't is. have to be Christmas. No, it doesn't. That's that's a true statement. Uh, anything else that we want to kind of add to let our the listeners know? I'm just proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, those words mean a lot. Uh, for sure, I have a rough issues of not being self-confident uh, in myself and taking compliments uh, is always just been a struggle of mine. Uh, and that means a lot. Because, like, you're my favorite person in the world. Uh, for sure, because of things that you've always sacrificed and done um, for all of us over the years. Uh, and I love my dad to death as well for being able to do that. Of Y'all, dad worked um, night shift for a large portion of my childhood. But he always made it a point to coach to spend time after school even though he may have only slept a few hours to make sure that we were all that we knew that he loved us and that he wanted to be here for us and that since you always were i remember um even if you were grading papers you were at the event and you were always like you you made sure that you drove us there you even if you just sat in the car um, at some points because you needed to be able to have a break for yourself in that sense. You were always so selfless of staying up late at night washing dishes because you wanted to make sure that you were spending time with us uh, more than working on the dishes at that time because you wanted to stay up later in order to to do that so you weren't missing out on that time. And um, thank you for for both of y'all. Welcome. That's what family is. What does it say? We are family? Yeah, that's it.
a true statement and um I'm a crier because my mom's a crier. <laughs> we had a bet as to how many times I would cry during the show. Well, Kate has surpassed me. Okay, yeah, I've, I've cried more <laughs> than my mom has. Because uh, th- these, this is the kind of like content that I love giving to people because this is real content, and I'm hoping that you take. This is my takeaway for each and every one of you: is take the moment to. Just to ask someone a question, create a conversation with or just uh, a loved listen. one, or just or, listen. Yeah, or simply listen. Allow someone the opportunity to share their story with you, and and give the chance to learn from friends, learn from others, learn from friends. Uh, that that's really all I, all I can say for that that takeaway to it uh, for the evening. Is there anything that you want to say for a takeaway? No, no. As as I bid you all to do. Uh, for the episode, I want to remind you to let your curiosity fly high and subscribe, like, share it with a friend. Um, this episode or any episode that I release out bi-weekly, I'm hoping that eventually I'll get to the point where I have enough content that I start releasing weekly. I know this month there has been three episodes that you will get because I'm going to release one the week before Christmas. This one's going to be released the week of Christmas. Now I'm releasing an episode after Christmas because I want to st- stick to that two-week schedule. But uh, I want to thank each and every one of you who are listening to this, whether you are a teacher friend, whether you are a friend that I had from high school, um, a former co-worker, or someone that maybe I have not met yet. Um, hello. I hope you're doing well. Merry, happy holidays. I'm going to say Merry Christmas specifically because I'm not sure you're a uh, nationality here i know i've got some listeners that have reached out to me from other parts of the world that has been very unique experience for me so thank you um for all that hope you have a happy happy a happy holiday season no matter which holiday it is because it could be it might not be christmas it might be a different holiday but happy holidays or you may not um celebrate a holiday but you may enjoy the, the winter. Enjoy the winter for sure. But uh, this is Cade Curtis, your tour guide from Learning from Friends. Have a happy holidays. 